0: Welcome to Vice and Easy, your podcast for all things Miami Vice, with your host, Marina. Hello and welcome back to Vice and Easy. Welcome back. This week, we are going to be breaking down Season 3, Episode 12, entitled Down for the Count, Part 1. Now, it is split up onto the DVDs and to the Blu-rays is to two separate episodes, part 1, part 2, but it was also reran as a 2-hour TV movie. But for all intents and purposes, we are going to be breaking it down as two different episodes. Also be warned, this is a sad one. But this was also very interesting. I really enjoy boxing and I have trained a little bit, so this was actually really cool for me to see and I kind of missed that spiritual growth i know that sounds really funny but i kid you not boxing training is also one of the best trainings you can ever get mentally it just improves your confidence improves your i can't describe it i sorely 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 miss it and i wish it was part of my budget but this is definitely kind of giving me the itch to go back to a boxing gym we're going to be breaking down down for the count per imdb the synopsis is as follows Zito goes undercover as a boxing manager to take down a crooked bookie, but pays the ultimate price for it. And we open up the episode as the vice squad, well, minus Castillo and the women. So Zito, who's back, he hasn't been in for a couple episodes, Zvitek, Crockett, and Tubbs are all going to go see a boxing match. We also see the signs and the posters outside of the match with the name Guzman. So keep that in mind. Now, Zito, again, we never really learned much about his personality. You know, we got a little bit with uh, Made for Each Other and kind of a little bit here and there. But you can definitely see that they have not developed his character at all in, like, definitely at least a season. So, surprise, surprise, he has a secret passion for boxing, or he was a former boxer in his youth.
1: I don't expect you guys to appreciate the fine points of your first fight. Fine points? Oh, you mean whether the guy hits the canvas face up or face down? I know it's hard to understand when you're used to watching 11 slurping steroid mouth breathers move around your carpet every Sunday, but being a fighter requires more physical skill than any other sport. Balance, conditioning, eye-hand coordination, fast <laughs> reflexes. Look at that. <laughs>
0: and everything that Zito said is 100% true. You'll be in the best shape of your life. Now, I'm saying that the times that I have trained, one was at fat camp or was camp, but if you were on the chunkier side, you got sent there for more than a week. So I was there for a full month. So yes, I was there at camp. So I did that when I was a kid. And then I did it again as an adult, but it was paid for. It was a sponsor training. And it ended during COVID. And unfortunately, I've not been able to go back just financially and within my budget. But damn, I just miss. I really just miss that. So maybe this will give me the itch. I'll be back in the best shape of my life. (laughs) Maybe I should uh, stop eating Doritos and smoking cigarettes. They came out with a new Doritos flavor called Tangy Ketchup. 10 out of 10. It does remind me of ketchup chips from back in Canada. And it does have, I, I can't describe it. 10 out of 10. I'm going to go buy eight more bags. So I will definitely be needing something to counteract that. So now even I'm getting the edge. So thank you, Zito. this, your legacy of your secret past that we had no idea about is living on for more than just this episode. So during the fight, I will also recommend, please go take a look at the gallery. You can find that in the descriptor notes of the episode from wherever you get your podcast. You have to see Crockett's low-cut, low-cut, bright pink shirt he is sitting next to Tubbs, but he's getting distracted. He's not keeping his eye on the fight. Why?
1: fighting the ring son. Take it by by the move. It's Waldo Guzman. Un ombre muy malo.
0: Now, I also must note Guzman Is sitting next to what looks like two blonde twins definitely again the gallery for this episode is definitely a good one and i know i say that every single episode but (laughs) this one had a lot of fun outfits you know we had a very dark theme last week we're also dealing with a lot of darkness this week so i'm really enjoying the great outfits and Crockett in a very low cut top now guzman at the fight is also checking out the new fighter that everyone's talking about Sykes you can tell he's super fast he's super light in his feet Guzman is interested now this might not be a good thing because this is how he's treating another fighter that he represents
1: <laughs> oh my God, I about this sexy guitar <laughs> It's only 250 bucks here, and you promised me 400. No, 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 not for a stinking draw. I should have won. You seen the fight? Then you know they should have given me a decision. I know you're wasting my time, boy. Get out of here, get back to the gym. 150 bucks sure. short, damn Brian right I get out, and I get out all the way to California. How about you going to California? I can't have you doing Stop that. Stop me,
0: At first, I was really surprised that they were able to put that word on television. And I was like, wait, it's in Spanish. And it's the late 80s when the English equivalent of the word was used in Evan. So, yeah, not that surprising. So naturally, he's pissed off, smashes the fighter's hand with a statue, thereby kissing his career goodbye so we're seeing just a glimpse of how ruthless Guzman is go to the intro we come back from the cold open we're at OCB Crockett is pacing around with a green striped kind of how do I describe this I need to pull this picture up where is it where is it where is it where is it no come on I know what's in here I know what's in here (laughs) he looks great it's a great color on him but it's just a green tank top i want to say maybe teal i wouldn't say it's like a pure green but you can see it kind of has like a silky texture within the stripes Trudy looks really good she kind of has like a leotard thing going on but of course our girl gina is really taking it home in this all blue ensemble everything down to her shoes now they're at OCB trying to get dirt on Guzman. They know that he was an importer in South Florida. But three years ago, he, quote unquote, changed careers or changed his tune. And so far in the past three years, Gina's letting them know that he hasn't even gotten a parking ticket. So he is keeping himself very clean and very much above the law. Naturally, this really frustrates Crockett.
1: I couldn't stay clean if he lived in a shower.
0: Ah, you know me and my love of Crockett's charming and quirky Southern sayings. So kind of explaining just like how bad of a dude he is. But he doesn't really get into it with the rest of the Vice crew at the precinct at OCB. It's in a car ride with Tubbs on the way to go see Don Cash... Hmm, does that sound familiar? It's actually played in real life by the real life boxing promoter, Don King. So I just find it's funny, like Don Cash. Like make it be something different. But I get with that voice and with that hair, and with that presence, you can't really just play a normal guy on TV, you know, like you just you have too much of a familiar look. So, yes, they're on their way to meet Don King or in Miami Vice Universe Burnett and Cooper are on their way to meet Don Cash. Crockett has a really gnarly story about Guzman and he's had this hang up on getting him ever since and that's why at OCB he lists all the things he's going to get him for which some of our favorite things. Let's take a listen.
1: Drugs or prostitution or gambling or murder
0: also love the way he says gambling. I I really enjoy that. But yeah, that might be my, it's very hard. I already have a quote of the episode in my head, but that (laughs) definitely, definitely is in contention. Now let's bring the mood down a little bit, shall we? Because how ruthless was Guzman? How bad was he? Well, Crockett is regaling a story to Tubbs about a 19-year-old CI whose whole family was involved in criminal activity. And they didn't touch him because they had connections to Guzman and they wanted to use the CI. Uh, by CI, i meaning criminal informant to get closer to Guzman. So unfortunately, something happened and he was made to be a snitch. And this was how the story ended.
1: Next thing I know, the highway patrol found him on the side of the Tamiami trail. Guzman decided to make a road sign out of him. He impaled him on a steel pole and then stuck it in the ground.
0: Oh, ugh. Unfortunately, yes, that's the type of man that Guzman is. And this is why Crockett is hellbent on taking him down. So they go over to Don Cash, a.k.a. Don King, and get a little bit more information. I must say, this is exactly what I want in a guest star This robe with embroidered tigers, this beautiful house with this beautiful kitchen, with all this fresh cut fruit. I just love it. Then he's waxing on about Cyrano de Bergerac, and I have no idea where this story is going until he kind of drops the main line that ties it all together. And then, now I understand, it's very much in that like boxing confidence mentality.
1: He took on a 100 men and vanquished them all. Don't bring me no mortal men. Bring me giants."
0: It's funny, so even as he keeps like waxing on about Cerno de Bergerac, and I don't remember that part of the story, but I kind of only remember the message from it that Cyrano de Bergerac was so ugly. He thought he was so ugly. He didn't have the confidence to go after the woman of his dreams. Thereby, he enlisted one of his friends to help him and would send messages through the friend. And so I have never heard about that. Send me your giants lamp. But I kind of like that. That's a good way to look at life. Just send me your giants. Don't send me mortal men. I am more than that. Send me your giants. But yeah, I have no idea where that tangent was going. So luckily, Croc kind of stops him too. Then brings it back to what they really want to get dirt on. Guzman.
1: He's making book on the fight, sonny. How much book? The man is cooking with grease. Hot grease. You know, you can't cook with cold grease. You got to turn the stove on. All of the southeastern part of the United States is in stove. Not the northeastern part of the United States, right? Too many of them mustache boys. And don't even mention Las Vegas. That fabulous oasis in the desert. The home of Pia Sadora. No way. But down here, it's a new frontier. The man can write his own script.
0: Now, speaking of Las Vegas and Piazzadora, stick around for Vice Steve for this episode, because this one is good. So Cash suggests that Crockett and Tubbs get close to Guzman by pretending to expand his image. Maybe on television, maybe satellite. And again, pay attention to the region's that Guzman is staying away from because he would get whacked in Las Vegas, he'd get whacked in the Northeast. I'm assuming he's meeting the Italian Mafia by mustache boys. He just has this little empire here in Miami. So he is open to getting his name out there to expand his image. And the satellite TV that does make a lot of sense. Remember pay-per-view? For some of you younger kids, you actually had to buy access to a fight and usually what you would do is you would host your friends so let's say so and so got the you know whatever mini pacquiao fight you and all your friends would go over bring drinks bring snacks bring something for the guests because they're hosting you all and watch the fight together so that was kind of cool that it was this communal experience and pay-per-view Um, was really popular back in the day. And I want to say this should have been around the same time. I'm coming at it from the perspective of the late 90s. So feel free, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that HBO Showtime did start with pay-per-view, you know, fights from Vegas, fights from all over the world. So this makes sense if they really want to get into it. Now, Crockett is explaining that he and Rico are going to go undercover as Sunbelt satellite representatives. Zito speaks up. Again, one of his friends, Moon, who in real life is actually a real life former boxer. I have his name right here. Do not let me forget it. It is... Randall texts Cook and you can tell he is a character and a half with the cowboy hat the jeans the handlebar mustache and him and Zito go back so Zito really doesn't want to use his friend's top prospect as bait his friend Moon does know that he is a cop in real life so he might be willing to work with them but i that's not something that you would want to be getting around so That is something you gotta tread carefully with. And now, speaking of being careful, Crockett and Tubbs are now going undercover to meet up with Guzman. Yes, the same Guzman we just watched smash a boxer's hand. And the same one who put a dead body up on a spike for the entire population to see. Yes, the same Guzman.
1: Sykes, was that it? I don't know, long, lean, uh... Sykes, Bobby Sykes, what are we talking about? Well, now, we were thinking that uh, for the southeast and uh, the gulf states and the southwest, uh, maybe $50,000 guaranteed per event. And we're going to need two cards, that's two cards a week. Of course, that's chump change compared to the book now, ain't it Oswaldo? (laughs) 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 Word gets around, buddy.
0: Oh, wow. That's a little brave. They're just like poking the bear with this one. And so in the beginning of that clip, I cut it just for time. Kuzman says, you're still the smart mouth, Burnett. How far back do they go? Or is this just kind of like a months long undercover thing? Did they interact when Burnett was using the C.I.? Wow. So, yeah, I'm just wondering how far back this goes. Or is it just that Burnett is like kind of a mythological creature that is meant to entice fear and create sense of jealousy in the air and that he's been able to craft this image of Burnett by being undercover for so long? I don't know. This is very interesting. I want to know how far back they go. And now to get more undercover, Zito is going to try to get closer to Sykes. So Zito and Switek are going to go to the training gym. They laugh about this at OCB, but basically Zito suggests that Switek could be the sweep-up guy for the gym. They all kind of laugh at Switek, but hey, you know what? He's doing an honest day's work, and he's there at the gym. You got to keep people safe. You got to keep people protected. It is very sweaty in there. There's a lot of stuff. There's blood. There's sweat. There's tears. Got to make sure that's clean. So any work is honest work. But... I do find this very funny because we get to the gym. Zito, again, I do believe he's in shape. My favorite thing is what he says that could be a little bit of a deterrent.
1: Yeah, well, you remember to tell that to the various parts of your body that get hit. I know what you're thinking, but I'm in pretty good shape as long as I stay off the tobacco. Hey,
0: lad. Yeah. Stay off the tobacco. Well, I remember Zito would smoke a cigar at breakfast. I was like, oh, my God. I don't know what's worse, a cigarette or a cigar at breakfast. I still remember that episode, uh, Nobody Lives Forever, I believe, when Crockett is dating Brenda. (laughs) He's just smoking a cigarette while there's like cottage cheese and grapefruit and black coffee on the table. I was like, yeah, nobody's gaining weight at that table. My lord. And then, yeah, I remember Zito smoking the cigarette when his ex-girlfriend... Oh, my God, was living with Switek. Oh, so he's saying he's still in good shape, and I believe he's in great shape, but I believe that this 22-year-old wonder kid is going to beat the crap out of him. Surprise, surprise. They spar for a little bit. Someone reminds Zito to put in his mouth guard. He has the headgear. Still gets knocked out. Wakes up on the floor. He's wondering who stopped the fight. (laughs) Moon's like, you did. (laughs) And Sykes is kind of messing with him a little bit. They're making sure he's okay. He is able to finally get up, get back, still a little bit dazed. And so as he gets up and he's kind of regaining his consciousness and everything, Sykes comes up to him and apologizes. Moon, his coach, has a great retort. In this next clip,
1: Bobby, you go back and finish your workout and never apologize for throwing a good punch. He paid his quarter, he took his chances.
0: Right? But isn't that great advice? Never apologize for throwing a good punch. Don't apologize at being good at what you do, especially if someone has knowingly entered the ring with you. So that piece of advice really resonated with me. That's exactly kind of what I needed to hear this week. It's not the usual code of the week, and that it's not as funny and haha and zany, but like that just really resonated with me. I really needed that this week. Zito also tells Moon what's going on. I think I'm messing the, chronolo- the chronological order of this, but basically, Zito is letting him know about the sting with Guzman, and Moon, you know. I don't really want to get involved, but also he knows that Bobby hates cops, that his brother had lost a life in altercation with a cop. They don't really want to touch that. So Moon tells Zito that Bobby doesn't need to be hurt and that they're going to do the best to take down Guzman. Then one of Guzman's goons comes up to Sykes. Again, now that Burnett and Cooper appear to have dug their claws into Sykes, he looks that much more desirable to Guzman. Guzman's goon comes up to Moon. Obviously, Moon does not greet him warmly. The goon delivers a $50,000 check, which Moon promptly rips up, shoves in his mouth, you can see I made a gift of it, and tells him exactly what he wants him to tell Guzman.
1: Squat. You tell him to eat it. No, no. You tell him that you ate it, and you get over there right in The bacon office, and you get dead.
0: Oh man, the one-liners and the insane quotes at this gym that, like, I cannot keep track of gets even better. This again. Forgive my chronological order. This. I don't even know how I'm going to pick the quote of the week this week.
1: white boy, please. (laughs) Well,
0: now it is nighttime, and Zito and Moon are back at Moon's trailer. Catching up, Zito's eyes look extra, extra blue and crisp in this scene. And Moon asks Zito to watch over Sykes for a little bit, that he's going to take care of business. So him and Sykes bonding a little bit at the boxing gym over speed bags they're talking about their origin stories of how they met moon zito met moon as he observed him in a biker bar fight and then sykes you know kind of had a rougher upbringing met moon while he was stealing the tape deck from his pickup truck and basically moon took him under his wing which i think is really sweet and i must say i also really enjoy the Oscars Cuban plate shirt that Zito is wearing, you'll see that his workout at leisure improves a little bit towards the end of the episode, but I really like this. They both have four sisters and unfortunately they've both lost brothers. As you mentioned before, Sykes lost his brother in that police altercation at the hands of a police officer, hence his distrust of police and Zito says that he lost his brother to an overdose. Now let's cut to a yacht where Guzman's goons, a couple of them, one goon is going to be left behind to watch the house. They go off for, they say, a two-hour yacht ride. So as soon as this younger goon goes down, lays down by the pool, Moon comes right up and hog ties him. Of course, I have a gif of this now. Moon is hog tying that guy, so we can go up to the office, up to the library. I guess I would say is more of an accurate description. To basically try to find Guzman's gambling book to get Guzman to come to him. As Guzman and the other goons return, they find their guy quasi hog I want to say both his arms and one foot. It's hogtied together, so he can't really break free, which I understand, like, if it's one of his hands would free, he'd have the ability to untie himself, but he does not. So Guzman gets his other goons to basically survey the perimeter to no avail. Moon has already left. So Guzman stops by Moon's trailer. His goons try to rough him up to convince Moon to sign Sykes not happening
1: what if i write you another check for fifty thousand dollars i'd have young sykes to fight for me and you'd be able to afford all the whiskey and harlots you desire what if you take your whiskey and your harlots and go to hell with them
0: Oh, and this continues and it escalates and Moon is super strong in his stand. And he basically says, if you want Bobby Sykes, you got to kill me. And unfortunately, Guzman kind of tells him what he doesn't want to hear. He thought he had all this leverage by taking the gambling book.
1: This is what Guzman says. If you want Bobby Sykes, you just got to kill me. That's all if you got the guts which I don't think you do you might have the heat though I got your stinking gambling book wrong answer the loss of the book is a mere inconvenience my name isn't in it besides everything's in code
0: And as Guzman and his goons walk out the door, one of the goons pulls out a shotgun, shoots Moon dead. And unfortunately, at the crime scene, everybody knows who did this. All the vice cops know who's behind it, but they can't pin anything on Guzman. And Sonny, who's usually much more compassionate and has seen a lot more people die than Zito and has had a lot more friends die than Zito. Doesn't brush it off, I want to say, but he basically says it's part of the job or it is what we do. I forget. Let me see if I have it exactly written down. But it wasn't something I expected to hear from Crockett. But I do see Zito show a lot more compassion for Bobby in this next clip. And the reason I clip this is also selfish reasons, because it's to one of my favorite Jan Hammer scores, Marina.
1: You're scared. I'm scared of being alone. You're not alone. Well, help me. There. How? Train me be my manager I gotta trust somebody
0: that's so kind like look at that and that's exactly what Moon would have wanted is for Zito to look after and to coach Sykes now I went back on my notes so Crockett says this is what we do after Zito's friend has been killed as part of this sting operation to get closer to Guzman so yeah a little bit insensitive but let's carry on. We see another suit come in to talk to Zito. His offer is to basically sponsor Sykes. It's $1,500 and a car, $1,500 a month, and in 1986 dollars, $1, that's pretty good. But again, how much money are Guzman and all these guys going to make off of him? So Zito tells him that he can hear Guzman in his deal, even if Guzman isn't there. This guy who was actually with Guzman in the opening fight scene, sitting next to one of the blonde twins, basically claims that he works for the bar and that he doesn't have anything to do with Guzman. Zito also wants to plant this in his head. Zito says that they have a better deal with The Satellite Guys with Sunbelt Satellite, aka Burnett and Cooper. And speaking of Burnett and Cooper, they pop by not too long afterwards to really drive home the message of what they want to offer and how laughable Guzman's deal is.
1: Whoa, 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 wait, listen, what kind of deal are we talking about here? The last offer Bobby got was $1,500 a month, plus a car, plus a pad. This chump change, man. We'll pay you for every one of your fights. 15,000 per bout. what I have to do? Son, you just gotta tell us who to make the deal with. All we need is a signed contract with a manager. Now, we got a deal? You'll do it, right? Uh, that's what I like to hear, you're a smart lad.
0: And after the gym, we are going back to the ring to watch Sykes in the ring in another fight. We see Guzman, we see Swiatek, we see Crockett in a crowd. And I believe this is the fight where Swiatek has his giant cigar hanging out of his mouth. Let me make sure before I misquote it. Yep, this is the one. And at first, I initially got guzman and his blondes confused so i believe there's three different outfits or three different fights that guzman and the blondes are at so they all have different outfits so i just got a little confused i was like wait did they script the continuity i did so this one we have guzman wearing kind of like a thicker striped crisscross ugly ass suit with one of the blondes wearing a gold LeMay dress that actually looks super cute on her with a great figure and the other one just wearing a black dress. And Sykes in the ring while Dance by Rat is playing in the background. (laughs) now at this fight after Burnett sees Guzman after the fight and tells him exactly what Guzman does not want to hear.
1: Did you hear? Sykes signed a contract. He what? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Zito, his trainer? He wanted to make the deal with you, but I don't guess we have a choice. Give me a couple of days to work on it. 48 hours. Well, tick tock us, baby. Gotta move. And now
0: we can kind of see Guzman get a little bit nervous. And he asks Crockett, you know, well, hypothetically, what were to happen if I wasn't able to get Sykes? What would happen to our deal? And Crockett cleverly says, it'd kill it. So these they're kind of putting the heat on Guzman to really, really, really ramp up and get Sykes however he can. And remember, the way he can get Sykes is to work with Zito. Now, at the precinct, at OCB, Crockett breaks it down and Zito really doesn't want to put Bobby at risk. So there is a little bit of a divide. Zito has already just buried his friend. He's not going to be able to handle having anything happen to Bobby. He did give Moon his word before Moon was killed that he... look after Bobby and that's exactly what he's going to be doing now the suit guy is back he comes back to Zito and offers Zito $200,000 Zito counters money and a taste of the gambling business remember Guzman has apparently been living this very clean life So Zito really wants to make sure that he's getting names, that he's getting information, that he's getting details so that they're able to get these charges to stick. So he just says he wants to taste the gambling business. And you can kind of see the goon kind of like roll back like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Oh, my God. Where's that click? It was the guy, like, all jittery, leaving the coffee shop at 8 in the morning. And they're like, the reduced reporter's like, Sir, what were you doing in this, you know, establishment at 6 in the morning? He's like, "Drinking drink, coffee. coffee. What, what, what else would I be doing in there? Were you gambling? Get gambling. And it, oh, I need to find it. It's just so funny because he's so jittery. Like, obviously, he's been staying up all night. <laughs> so once the goon leaves, Crockett and Tubbs come over as Cooper and Brunette. And Zito tells him that the deal is on and that he'll wear a wire that they'll meet at the gym next day at 7 a.m. But there is something very exciting going on. So this is the big, big, big fight. Sykes is going 12 rounds with a guy whose stage name is Bazooka. I kid you not. Now, let's hear that glorious voice give us all the stats we need to know about
1: Sykes. Six foot, wearing the white trunks with the bright trim, weighing 143 and a quarter pounds, eight professional fights, all wins by knockout, former Golden Glove champion from Tallahassee, Bobby Sykes. Bobby Sykes.
0: And the other guy in the ring, Bazooka. Yes, bazooka, like Bazooka Joe or the gun. He already comes up looking like a little, like he would hit below the belt. This is where that idiom comes from. So I'm going to use it properly. I will also note I really enjoy the dress on the Ring Girl. She has a short, spaghetti strapped, white textured dress, and the texture is actually a leopard print. And she has a big smile on her face. Looks very fun. Now, this fight, it's actually quite a long scene. And I have a lot of notes. Like, one of them was like, is the ref crooked? There was a call that he missed that Zito points out. So after round nine, Zito encourages him to make it with just the three minutes left. And yes, those are the longest three minutes of his life when you're getting punched in the face. But I really like this advice that Zito gives him.
1: You got to box him. Make him fight your fight.
0: I really appreciate that advice again. And you do see Bobby kind of does change the way the fight's going. Previous shots of the fight, you could kind of see Bobby getting backed in the corner and they always tell you never get put in the corner. Never let them put you in the corner because with the corner, you have less room to move. You always want to keep the location to your advantage. So this really does help because bobby is finally landing those jabs and he was bazooka was a little bit dirty you could definitely tell that in the fight and you definitely heard zito say it but bobby lands them and knocks him out and it's the end of a great fight everyone is super happy Zwitek is going to take bobby home because zito has to stop by the gym then they're going to meet up to celebrate As Zito walks into the gym alone, looking incredible in this satin jacket coaching ensemble. And I also must give credit to the old man in the corner of the ring, patching everybody up and looking after him, which I really like because that's how you know that's a solid boxing gym. (laughs) Gotta get the old man in the corner. But... Let's get rid of all that fun stuff, because this is a really tough scene. Like I said, Zito is about to go celebrate the big win with Switek, and a car pulls up to the gym. Zito doesn't say anything. He just stands there as Guzman's goons get out of the car. We don't see what happens. Switek pulls up in his very cute teal thunderbird walks into the gym and I took a gif of this because it's really haunting you see the punching bag swinging back and forth lightly so someone has just been there someone has just left their mark we hear this song very haunting in the background by Steve Winwood. as Wytek is calling out for Larry trying to find out where he is He hears the shower running. He pulls out his gun. He sees Switek propped up in the shower with something hooked to his vein. In his vein. And Zito's dead. And they've tried to frame it as death by drug overdose. And I don't know how they were able to knock him out, put into his vein, but... There's this such sad scene of Zweitek realizing that Zito's dead, and his heartbreaking. You can see the tears forming in his eyes as he hugs his friend one last time to this really sad song. Yeah. And that song, There's a River by Steve Winwood, is playing as Witek is cradling the back of Zito's head, hugging him as he's crying very solemnly, saying goodbye to his friend. And just the deaths that have come from Guzman, just this one episode. And now we're saying goodbye to one of our own, one of Vice's own, John Deal, um, Larry Zito. And... I will get more into Vice T about that next week. You know, with a two-parter, I got to keep you guys hooked, right? But let's talk fashion. Fashion. Now, I gave him wild card. But you know that in my heart of hearts, I wanted Don King to be best dressed. But I was like, I don't know if I could give best dressed to a house robe with tigers on it. As much as I want to. I, I usually like to say best dressed is... Outside attire, not inside attire. But that is definitely my best dressed or my wild card for the episode. And then because there's so much exercise going on in the episode, we don't get the same level of outfits that we usually get. But I am going to give credit where credit is due to Crockett's super low pink top in the beginning. Also, I really noticed and enjoyed that Tubbs has a collar bar, which is like a thin piece of metal that basically lies down the tie knot, which I noticed. It's not in every scene, but I did notice it in this episode. And I thought it was like, oh, that's a really interesting, just an extra like touch of fashion for our East Coast transplant. Then Gina, naturally, is my best dressed woman. Again, there were only actually her and the ring girl. I was going to say I was like what other woman in this episode except for that one scene that Trudy was in it's basically her one scene Trudy one scene and then the ring girl no no lines with the ring girl either which is very funny but let's give it up for Gina in all blue then best dressed runner up I'm giving it to Moon in real life Randall Texcook because so true to himself in real life Randall was raised in Abilene Texas that he's wearing cowboy hat jeans boots all that inside a miami boxing gym and how hot and humid that must be i can't even imagine i know he's not training i know he's not fighting but just the humidity being trapped in that outfit i cannot <laughs> now let's get a little bit scandalous Okay, so when Don King, Don Cash, sorry, his character Don Cash, mentioned Pia Zadora in Las Vegas, I was like, I know that name, and I know she has a very pretty face, but I was like, Las Vegas, what's all that about? Okay, so basically, the big scoop or, like, the drama was that her ex-husband, Mishulam Rickless was this Las Vegas tycoon, tons of money. At the time, I think he owned the Riviera. Yep, he owned the Riviera. He actually met her when she was 19 years old, singing backstage. I don't know if it was at that hotel, but like a different casino. And basically he was able to rescue the Riviera Hotel and rescue it from Chapter 11 bankruptcy. He basically made a lot of money and financed the movie Butterfly, starring... Zadora, Pia Zadora. So, she won a Golden Globe, keep that in mind, Anna a Razzie. Would you like to hear the plot of this movie? I'm not going to explain it all, but I'll read some of it out to you. But please definitely go to the link I sent, because it is wild. I also linked uh, a recent interview with her from The Hollywood Reporter. So, somehow Stacey Kiesh and Orson Welles were also involved in this 1982 film called butterfly there's a song featured it's wrong for me to love you because there is father-daughter incest involved I kid you not I cannot with this I'm just gonna read you an excerpt I'm not gonna read you the whole plot soon after Wash comes to town and proposes to Katie and she accepts Belle suffering from severe tuberculosis arrives with Blue and a mutual friend Ed Lamy ostensibly to celebrate the engagement Blue insinuates that he knows about the theft and while the others are out of the house Belle stabs him with a hat pin and he kills her in self-defense Jess realized that Ed must have witnessed the theft and told Blue Jess rushes to the mine where Blue is frantically pillaging for Silver and taunts him Jess sees a butterfly birthmark near his navel, similar to the one on baby Danny, and believes that Blue is Danny's father. Enraged, Jess shoots him. Before Jess leaves him to die, Blue reveals that Katie is his daughter. Skipping ahead a little bit. When Wash fails to arrive on the day of the wedding, she despondently retorts to her original plan to steal the silver. She goes to the mine with Jess, where the two have sex while Ed looks on. The police arrive with warrants for the arrest of Jess and Katie, and they are charged with incest. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, I have no idea what I just read. I read the entire plot, and I kept researching, 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 but I didn't want to bore you with the entire plot. Basically, this girl, Katie, is taken by her mother away from her father, Jess, as a child, to live with another man now Jess owns a pretty not so great silver mine like it's not really doing that well so she comes back and her plan is to steal the silver but she seduces her father in the process but then it turns out that she's not biologically his blah blah, blah. uh still wild so yeah she got the best newcomer Golden Globe glow for that there's all this rumor that her husband basically bought her the award because there were a lot of razzies given out for that movie and now i kind of want to see it just on how bad it is but i just really don't want to deal with that icky subject matter but it has to be it can't be that disturbing if it was in theaters so i'm very curious i will maybe try to watch it and i'll maybe report back but who knows Orson Welles, what were you doing in 1982 that you needed money that badly? Wild. Okay, so let's move on to music. Now there's only two mainstream songs in this episode. We have Dance by Rat, which other people have mentioned online. It is actually kind of interesting to hear more of a hair metal song of the time on Miami Vice because the soundtrack didn't really include a lot of that. And it was actually in the perfect setting. I You're dancing in a ring, Dance by Rat. Oh my god, you wanted to be a success when you dropped when you came off the Greyhound bus. I was like, damn, just tearing us apart. We're trying to move to Los Angeles for our dreams, vote you. And then we have There's a River by Steve Winwood as Zito is found dead. And then my favorite Jan Hammer score, Marina. So I wonder which one's gonna be my favorite this week. <laughs> no, obviously I'm not gonna vote for Marina. I think honestly. There's a river by Steve Winwood. It's a downer, but it is very justified. So rest in peace, Cito. Now let's give you a little bit of comic relief. Just want to remind you all, you can rate, you can review, you can tell your friends. Get the word out. I know season three is a little bit of a slog, but bear through it with me. I think it's fun. And think about all these bad, cheesy episodes that you don't have anybody to talk about with. Because everybody just wants to talk about Evan. Everybody just wants to talk about where, where the buses don't run. You can laugh along with all the wild episodes with me for the rest of season three, four, and five. We're not even halfway there yet. I think maybe, maybe I just missed, I just got to the halfway mark. So thank you, as always, for liking, for subscribing, for listening, and for joining me on this adventure. Now, let's leave you with, I'm going to try to pick one quote of the week. Let's see how I do.
1: Drugs or prostitution or gambling or murder.
0: Just love the delivery of that. Or just moon talking to Zito. Oh, my boy, please. they both win this round. Thank you again for listening,
1: and we'll see you next time. Hey, man, Miami Wise is number one new show.